Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade the Podcast. I'm your host, Bilun Lumsemech. On each episode, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come share with you their life and career journeys, from entrepreneurs to nine to fivers and everyone in between. Our guests go through all of the highs and all the lows of this life journey that have brought them to being who they are today. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of She Brigade. Today, we have the lovely Mabatu Mukiti. And Mabatu is a mathematician turned impact entrepreneur. I'm actually, I've never met a mathematician. You, you <laughs> and a lot of people, so. So I'm very curious to know what your day-to-day looks like. Um, and Mabatu is also the founder of Dream Girls Academy, mm-hmm. um, which is a female empowerment and mentoring organization that empowers women through various programs. And, you know, I was going through a list of accolades and, oh my goodness, <laughs> Mabatu was named Mail and Guardian Top 2, one of the Mail and Guardian Top 200 Young South Africans. She was on the 100 Most Influential Young People in SA list. You were recognized by Forbes Women Africa as well, mm-hmm. as one of the millennials to watch out for in Africa, and one of the 15 inspiring women in STEM. And that's not like all, I just kind of took a few of them. Um, I'm, so, I'm so curious to hear about your experience, how you even got into mathematics of all things, because it's not the norm, hey? No, it's not. It's really not the norm. Okay, so welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here, Pilo. Thank you I'm so, so much excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your story. Um, so let's just dive right into it. So take mm. us all the way back to the beginning. Who is Mabatu? Where does Mabatu come from? And what has really molded you and shaped into, into being who you are today? Um, Abato, well, better known for most people as Bato. Um, I am a girl from uh, Soweto Deep Kloof. Uh, that's where I was born and bred, and then later moved to a township in the east called Fosleris. So I think I identify with, I guess, both, but more with uh, Deep Kloof Soweto because I think that's really where, that's the place that shaped me into who I am just from the influence around my grandparents. Um, I spent the first nine years of my life living with my grandparents and they had a, a pivotal role to play in just shaping me, right? Uh, I lost my father when I was five. And so I was raised by a single parent, my mom. And really, I don't think I was raised by just my mom, my entire family. My aunts, uncles, they've been very instrumental in the race in the woman I am today. Mm. And so um, I'm like any other girl, you know. I was this little girl growing up in a township who really wanted more. I've always wanted more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to travel. I tell my friends all the time growing up that I'm going to travel the world. And I remember one time um, reading, I don't know if you know the book, Around the World in uh, 80 yeah, Days or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And and that book really changed it for me because it took me away and I started like just dreaming about those places, right? And for me then, I think that also just sparked that interest in traveling that I have. And it just really reaffirmed to me that I can do anything and be anything I want to be. And I guess I've always been different. I think I've always been different and that's in a good way. Always been different. Um, uh, I got to, I've really got a great opportunity to go to great schools uh, growing up. And in fact, um, even in our township where we lived, we were one of the first people to sort of go to what was then named like a multiracial school. Well, literally then there weren't any other. Uh, we were like one of the first um uh, kids of color in my school back then um but for me i've always known that i wanted more mm. always known that I, I was destined for greatness but i guess it's also just um i had to keep it alive in me right because the circumstances and um didn't really allow for me to thrive but yeah. my family allowed us to just dream and always uh championed us to just be our best selves at everything that we do yeah, like, mm. yeah, that's, that's interesting because I can imagine that everything around you is kind of saying no or saying go this way, but yeah. you actually just yeah. had to keep it alive, you need to go the other way. Yeah, because like, I could have easily become a statistic, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Grew up in a single-headed family, mm. right? My mom was unemployed for most of, well, yeah, most of our lives, really. She was um, um, unemployed for most of my um, school career let me say that rather and I could have easily become a statistic but I think um there was just something in me and I think just the way my mom placed so much value on education it's the one thing that she didn't get a chance to finish high school and so she's always wanted that for my brother and I my grand didn't get a chance to go to uh, school at all and for me I think um 
that was also one of the things that just inspired me to be part of the founding members of Dream Girls. Yeah. Because for me, I knew that it was my grand's dream too. She wanted to go to school, but under the circumstances, she couldn't, right? And so for me to have given another girl a chance to go to school and to, to really just be the best that they can be and, you know, thrive, for me, it's been the greatest blessing of my life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's incredible. Okay, so when you were growing up, did you know what you wanted to be as you were like in <laughs> primary school and high school? Did you know, okay, I'm totally doing this math thing? Uh, not really. I don't think so. No, my grandfather was an entrepreneur and he has a, he, he had a very large role to play in that. Right. Mm. Um, as I t- told you, I grew up with my grandparents for the first nine years of my life. And I saw how my grandfather ran his business. And it was something that we were all part of in the family. We, we helped him out and we'd, I'd help him, um, uh, collect his earnings at the end of the day and count with him, etc. And you know, I learned like the basic business concepts from him. But at, at that point, he planted that in me. I just I I saw how fortunate we were we were that my grandfather was home all the time. Uh, we got to spend a lot of time with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to pick us up from school. He spent time with us. And for me, it was that time that he spent with us that I always remember because I thought I want to have that kind of life. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to spend time with family and not be bound to. Uh, being somewhere at a certain time right and so for me that freedom of time even though back then I didn't know it was a freedom of time um I really thought and I thought I saw him counting money I was like I want to make my own money I love money I love money so I'm like I want to make my own money I like that you know and so for me that was really something I wanted to do so I didn't really know that I'd end up being a mathematician at all I've always loved numbers though it's been my thing from as young as I can remember, I've always loved numbers. I collected numbers. When my friends collected other things like stamps, whatever, I collected numbers in a little book and I wrote them down. I wrote numbers from everywhere you can think of, from barcodes to house numbers to telephone numbers. It was There was a fascination around them. Oh, wow. And I was always fascinated about how a barcode came about and why somebody had to come up with those numbers in particular, right? What do they mean? Exactly. Yeah. So I think I've always had a love for numbers. Um, it was my hobby. It was something that interested me. Mm-hmm. While people shied away from numbers, for me, it meant something. And I was always curious to find out what is it about these numbers that make them so interesting? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And how did you, how did you pick your degree? How did you decide where you're going to go study? Uh, sure, sure, and sure. what you're going to go study? I guess by, by, by fluke, really. I mean, I wanted to be a chemical engineer initially. And I first enrolled into engineering. But I, and then... I, I excelled in maths when at varsity um, in my first year. I excelled in maths. And then I realized that um, I, I'm, a, I'm a girl girl. Like, I love dressing up. I love looking pretty. And I realized that if I was going to be a chemical engineer, I was going to be stuck in a lab coat all day. And that means <laughs> no one could see my outfit. I know, I know, I know. Somebody else would laugh. But things like yeah. that for me matter because mm. that's what full, that what makes you happy, right? I always say to someone, before you choose a career, and especially with the kids I work with uh, through Dream Girls, I say, before you choose a career, consider all the different options. That Do you like being stuck in an office all day? Do you like being stuck in my case? I was going to be stuck in a lab analyzing uh, samples all day in a coat and really I'm not that girl mm. I'm not that girl who dresses down every day is an occasion for me and so for me I thought Mm-mm, it's not going to work and that for me was a very important decision I'm glad I took it that way I'm sure to someone else back then they would have thought oh gosh what a popiki and why would she choose this but for me it mattered so I majored in maths and chemistry and end up loving maths more than chemistry and yeah f- here I am today Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's actually like very good advice. Hey, yeah. like sometimes we only I think we only look at the actual job, what the job in, is, entails, but yeah. there's so much more around what the job entails, your surroundings, the kind of people you're going to be interacting with. Exactly. And I mean at that point even I didn't even know that I'd end up being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um I didn't even know that, but I knew that I loved maths and I thought if I if I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, I better do something I like and mm. crunching numbers is one of them. So let it be something that I want to do. And I didn't even know anyone who looked like me who was a mathematician, mind you. So for me it was something unknown. I was um like I think I'm just trying to think in my class, the only black girl in my class. Um, I think there was another girl, um, but there was only two females. And so it was very male dominated at, the, at, at uh, around our third year or so. And so for me, there was nobody who really looked like me, who came mm. from where I was, who I could relate to, who was in my career. So even thinking ahead, I thought, okay, I graduate and then what happens? Uh, the obvious choice was to go into actuary. And by fluke, I got into education. 
And that was something else because I had a job as a tutor because um, when I was in varsity, I had like a little skadonk, a little car that um, my family had gotten me. And one of the conditions was that my mom had said, I'm only giving you petrol money to go to school. What you do on the weekends is your problem. It's not mine. Yeah. So I thought, she's a girl's got to make her own money then. So I got a job as a, t- as a tutor mm-hmm. at one of like a uh, reputable uh, uh, tutoring company. And... I really got like my business neck just came out then because the um, the lady who owned it ended up just giving me a, uh, leeway and and made mm-hmm. me manage things. So she for the first time in a long time she could go on holiday and she knew that I could uh, manage things. And this was like what a 19, 20 year old where you'd leave a business up to them and you knew that they would open up, be able to arrange everything, yeah. arrange all the other tutors, make sure that everything. And so and then I started like suggesting different ways when it came to business. And for me, I was like, oh my word, I really do have this thing, right? Uh, and so when um, when I finished varsity during that last year, while I was still working, I remember I started planning my exit out of the company I was working at, um, you know, and I thought, okay, I need to leave here, and, but I want to start my own thing. How am I going to do that? But I started already identifying those um, the weaknesses or rather the, the, the opportunities, let me rather say that, that I could go oh, into that. Yeah. This was a tutoring center, so kids came to the center, and I knew how they used to cancel because they had to have that sports, they didn't have a lift, whatever the case was. And I thought, how great would it be if the tutors went to them and went to them at any time? And that's really how I started Mathemaniacs. Um, I was, you know, um, I ended off my job at the end of that year, handed in my resignation, took my last pay, which was like 500 bucks, uh, registered my business and bought a couple of like workbooks or textbooks at that point. And I was the first tutor driving around to all the uh, students. You were, were you doing that alone? I was doing that alone. And, and when we started growing, I started employing other students. Oh, wow. So all the other, my other classmates, etc. And that's how we grew. So you, you, like I love how it's like this this thing found you and not the other way around because no. it feels like you just fell into it and just ran with it and you and if you know? exactly that if someone had told me that I would go into teaching mm. I would have said whatever <laughs> me teaching never you know yeah. but for me and I say this at the core at the core my purpose is I'm a teacher even in what I do now in business because I'm always trying to help someone always trying to uh, teach someone something always trying to connect someone to to something always trying to help somebody be a better version of themselves and that's who I am Um, for a very long time I I ran away from it because teachers are being looked down on and I thought well I don't want to be a teacher who wants to be a teacher when I can just be like um, a mathematician or I can be an actuary or I can be anything you know who wants to be a teacher but as soon as I got down to to my purpose and my core things and I thought I'm actually here to serve and it's through teaching in whatever instance whether I am wearing my businesswoman hat whether I'm wearing my facilitator hat my speaker hat whatever it may be I am a teacher at the core and for me to have discovered that in my 20s I am blessed and I'm That's very amazing. fortunate to the Lord that I really did find that out very early because everything I did then was aligned to just me being how can I be a better teacher how can I help somebody to be a better version of themselves mm. yeah. Oh, wow. I'm enjoying your energy so much. I'm like just staring at you. You're probably thinking, woo. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. Okay, so Mathemaniac started growing. Yeah. And then um, at what point did um, Dream Girls Academy come into play? So um, around 2011, it was. Yeah, 2011, 2010, the end of 2010, 2011, um, I attended a social entrepreneurship uh, course, right, that somebody had referred me to. And then I met um, Eslin, who's the other founder of Dream Girls, and my best friend. And I met her, and um, we just sort of connected, but very briefly. And actually, how we connected was that one of the things, assignments we had well, the one day was we had to bring a broom, a used broom. To class and then we went into sensitivity and we had to sell it her and i and another lady were in uh that group together and we managed to sell uh old broom for 500 rand what yes yes so how did you so we clicked you and and you know when when you are just like an entrepreneur at the heart you just make yeah. you can sell you just want to sell right so then we connected on that day but it wasn't really anything major i think after that we had like one coffee or something and then she she told me um you know what i really uh i'm I'm looking at starting this thing, which was actually an American program. So Dream Girls was in, was uh, formerly called Dream Girls Outreach and Mentoring Program. Mm-hmm. Dream Girls International Outreach and Mentoring Program, excuse me. And it was started by uh, two ladies who were American who had come here during 2010 to 
to do an internship during the World Cup yeah. with Ezra's family uh, nonprofit. So long story short, they'd say to her, uh, "Do you guys want to start this under this your nonprofit because you have the uh, the the resources and everything?" And then she had then gathered a, a group of women that she had interacted with over her years, right? And I think for me, her and I had only met, known each other for a month or so, but there was something about, mm. I guess, her about me that she, you know connected with me, and I connected with her, and so she asked me, "Could you please?" I know you're interested and passionate about education. So, and this program is really to get more girls to study further. And I think, you know, you'd be great to join us, your expertise in education. I was like, yes, of course. And I think it came at the at the right time in my life. I was also at a point where I was kind of also kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had methamaniacs, but I really was figuring out how, how do I want to grow it? Or how do I want to make it work? I wanted to do more with my life. I definitely wanted to do more. I'd gotten out of a, of a, a really like, a, a long relationship at that point and so um I just threw myself into it I threw myself into dream goals and it it really you know every time I say this and I say this over and over again it saved my life you know mm. at a point where I was there to save other people's life a little do people know that it saved my life it gave me so much purpose in life and having gone through a breakup I ha- had reached what I thought back then was my rock bottom yeah. and it gave me purpose at that moment where it took me away from myself and I could focus on something else besides myself and oh I'm single <laughs> you know how it all goes yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just me really being frank because yeah. everybody everybody goes through this and every woman goes through this right and so for me it was at a point where it saved my life and I just really just put myself into it put my energies into it and like we, it, going into our 10th year and this is what it is Yo, 10 years yeah. now and how has the growth been like how <sighs> did you grow it to what it has become you know the growth has been funny because it's nothing we'd ever, ever planned I don't think we never planned for it to be like this. Mm. We never planned for it to grow like it has. It was never a plan of ours. We we just wanted to educate girls from disadvantaged communities in South Africa because it was girls who were like us, who looked like us. We wanted to show them that there we there are women out there who are educated, black women from all walks of lives, who look like you, who are from a township like you, mm. who used to play in the same dusty streets and look where they are today. They they've been able to study everywhere around the world and here they are. So what makes you think that you can't make it, that you can't look beyond your own circumstance, right? But it's grown into so many things that it's been able to empower not only young girls but women as well through the different programs that we've run but I must say one thing um, that it's also done is that it's made me find like my lifetime friends you know I'm very fortunate that I run an organization with my best friends Um, you know we have so much in common we rely on each other for so much but we also push each other to be our best selves right and so it's really grown from being just a mentorship program what it is really it's it's a mentorship program where we we we, we adopt young girls from disadvantaged communities in Joburg, Cape Town and Durban and we match them up with professional women like yourselves like myself for a year-long structured program Okay. And they come in once a month for workshops, different themed, themed workshops, mm. right? And it's a it's an academic enabling program. So we tackle everything else that school doesn't do. So personal development, goal search, uh, goal setting, uh, vision boarding, choosing your career. Um, they start a business. We give them a loan to start a business in the in the duration they're with us. They have to give off of their time to a worthy cause. Wellness, emotional, physical, and mental wellness, all of that stuff. Mm. We really tackle that stuff, right? And so that's what the mentorship program is. But out of that, we've, a lot of mentorship programs have stemmed. We've had a mentorship program for young um, graduates where we match them up with your uh, C-suite executives and partners at big firms and they give off their time um, to those uh, girls mm. who are really starting off their career because no one gets to tell you what a huge transition it is from going to varsity or an institution right? of high learning yeah. to the real world, right? You just sort of have to figure it out. And also bearing in mind the history of our country that some of these girls do not know a- a- another um, professional. There isn't. A- they are the first professional in their family. So how can I emulate what a professional woman or is when I've never seen a professional mm. woman in my life? So mm. I don't know what to do the first day I get to work. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know that I've got a network and talk to people and strangers and say, hi, um, 
Mabato, how are you? I'm new to this department. Yeah. What do you do? Is there anything I can help you with? Because that's what really corporate is all about, right? You want to make an impression. You want to make sure that people remember you. And if no one else has been there in my family, how can I know that oh, that's what know. needs to happen? And what's the thing is that um, our white counterparts have that already because they get mentorship from home, right? Because their parents or somebody or their uncle, somebody in their family is in corporate. And so somebody's able to prep them before they start work the next day. to the say familiar space. Say, okay, then uh, this is how it's going to go. You're going to walk into there and you're going to impress everyone. You're going to talk to everyone. You're going to introduce yourself. No one tells us this. So here we are. You walk into a corporate and you just stick to your own little corner. Mm. And nobody knows that you even exist. So that was, that's what made this, uh, that, um, that sparked that particular mentorship program. And it was really in partnership with a big um, global company, Unilever, here in South Africa. And then, then we have um, what we call the Academy for Women Entrepreneurs. And that's in uh, partnership with the U.S. Embassy. And it's, a, it's, it's like an MBA-like program designed by Arizona State University. And we are literally bringing an MBA two women in the township so it's it's in soweto in pretoria in mangawung in durban in cape town it's it's really saying that there are some phenomenal women running some great businesses and they don't know the potential of these businesses right and what they need is somebody to give them basic business skills and hold their hand through it and so that's that's one of the programs we run we also ran a digital boot camp where we upskilled young unemployed women with with digital skills tech skills and we place them in jobs so it's really ways how can we make sure that women are empowered mm. and are actually at their best and living their best pos- possible lives mm. yeah oh my goodness that's amazing yo like i'm thinking about um what you said about corporate as well like it's so true i remember having a conversation when i started working i think a year after working i had a friend of mine that also worked as a business analyst um at the bank with me and you know what we, we were actually what we, we were discussing and struggling with was how we the 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 dynamic between a young person and an old person mm. we really struggled with that because yep. you know as like a black person you're taught to respect, respect your elders yes. and speak in a certain mm. way we actually had a very yep. like difficult time but we kind of were just helping each other through it yep. about like how do we how do I talk to someone who is older than me so I, I don't know how to speak to them but also I need to yeah. get this message across and not be like you know that whole dynamic yeah. of being black and growing yeah. up with certain yeah. values, values and cultures and like you're so right yeah. that when you get into these spaces you don't know yeah. what to do because you don't know how to navigate them because Vasi doesn't prepare you for they that don't prepare it doesn't, you, for you know it's it's it, it, you just really take in information and you expect it to apply it in the real world mm. well hello hello surprise surprise none of it you get to apply into the real world mm. because and that's this is something I've learned is that people do business with people. They really don't care. What, only secondary does it come that, oh, what, really, what, you know, what is your position and what do you do? Yeah. But if, if I meet you and I take a liking to you, um, uh, Bilo, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your capabilities are. But because I've connected with you and I like you, I'll make it possible that you will be able to deliver that job because I'll support you in all ways possible. Mm. I'll give you a project and be like, okay, I know you're not ready and you probably don't know what's happening, but I know your potential. I like the kind of person you are. So I'll guide you through it. Yeah. And that's what needs to yeah. happen, right? But that's all the stuff that Varsity doesn't teach mm. you. You're kind of thrown into the deep end and you think, oh my word, is this really for me? Am I supposed to be here? Oh, am I stupid? Why am I not Why knowing I the, know this? Yeah. Why am I not getting Why? it? Does everybody Everybody seem to know this. No. And that's the thing about the world. Nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> they're just figuring it. out. <laughs> they're just figuring it out as they go along. Yeah. You know, there's still times so where I'm just like, oh gosh, what is this exactly? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh Lord, help me, please. Help me. Uh, somehow this person thinks I can do this. So clearly I can do it. Just help me figure it out. Yeah. It is what it is. Sure. And what are your plans going forward? Because I feel like you've done so much. And obviously for my side, I'm like, what more are you going to do? Because... Mm. Well, um, uh, obviously, mathematics has grown. So, um, in 2014, I got an opportunity to go and do a program in the U.S. And I shut down business. And I knew that I wanted to come back and have a different business altogether. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I started going into CSI strategy development. And this is because it was sparked out of having worked in the U.S. and work, I worked for the first time ever. I worked in my 20s, in my late 20s. And I worked and I worked for <laughs> in Michigan for the government of Michigan. But for me, I really wanted to find ways where I could assist corporates to channel their money in the most impactful and 
efficient and effective way. Not just taking the side oh, box. box. Yeah. And just saying, oh, guess what we did today? We went and we painted a school. Pose for a picture. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, that was always my question. So I knew that, you know, it's so easy for everyone to, st- to, to stand on the sidelines and criticize and be like, oh, CSI, people don't know what they're doing. Oh, B. And for me, I thought, I'm, I, I, I won't be that girl. I know there's a problem. I know I don't like the way things are. So it's my job to make sure that I change things and change mm. the face of CSI and how it's done right so I came back and I started uh, um, I revamped mathematics and it became a CSI strategy consulting okay. company and then I started going out and I started doing strategy for corporates where I helped foundations put together CSI strategy that was like impactful, sustainable, and where you could actually measure what you were doing because it accounted to something real, right? That if you invested in Billu, you knew what Billu was and how it impacted not only her, but her family. Mm. And that she's the first now the first one to graduate from her family. She's broken the cycle of poverty now in her family. She can now educate her siblings and that how that goes on and on and on, right? Because what people don't realize is that when you invest in one child, Child. Mm. and through education you've actually invested an entire generation yeah. right yeah. and that's really what it is mm. right and so for me I thought I want to change the narrative of CSI and that's really that's that's where my second teacher role came into play where it was teaching on a different experience I had all this experience in education and STEM education in particular so I thought how can I use my experience in STEM education to better the STEM education in this country mm. because this is the same country the same system that produced me so clearly it can produce more people like me, you know, it's easy to sit around in the sidelines and criticize our education system. Yeah. But if it could produce you and I, then it can produce someone else. That's and then it's true, our yeah. duty to do that, right? To mm. ensure that we still uphold it. And that was my thing, really. So I came back and I did that. And it was really, it exposed me to so many things. And um, then there was a gap because then, uh, because of my background in mathematics and data, I saw a gap in monitoring and evaluation. And I started dabbling in that. Um, I'm about to finish my master's this week. Yay. <laughs> yeah and so um i'm really just also um in, invested and truly invested in how do we what what do we measure impact as you know because it's measurable it should be measurable mm. if you're doing something and you can't measure it then you shouldn't be doing it in anything you know i mean even when you walk your watch tells you how many calories you've you've burned, right? Yeah. It's measured for you. Yeah. So clearly, you should be measuring your work. You know, it, you know at work, you are measured according to your KPIs. If you meet these certain KPIs, then this is it, right? You've got long-term, short-term KPIs. And it should be the same for CSI, right? And mm. so what we do also is that we help corporates, um, we design their the M&E strategies and frameworks, and then we help them implement those tools and those strategies and then help them to collect all the data and tell a story because for me there's nothing as beautiful as the story of CSI investment social investment is the most beautiful story to tell and when, when it's done well for me it's like really reading a, 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 a novel a romance novel I can get into <laughs> it where it just tells you how someone went from um Mafi gang and somebody invested in their high school education and this is where they are and this is what they did and they came back and they did this and this and that and now this is who they are it's like a beautiful story yeah. and when it's told so well it just makes sense and that's what the kind of investments we should be doing when it comes to corporate social investments right and so that's what we do and really the plans for me is just to grow that business you know mm-hmm. to grow it to ensure that more corporates are really doing work that's really impactful but also aligned to the SDGs the sustainable development goals yeah. because we really need to be doing work that is uh, it competes with the with the with the globally right uh, because CSI is a big industry people don't know this but it's a huge industry it is a big industry. A lot of money gets poured into CSI. But when it's done well, it's phenomenal. And so for me, it's also just changing that narrative, mm. growing that business, ensuring that I also open more doors for more young evaluators, but evaluators of color, you know, because that's what it is. Mm. It's opening doors for those coming behind me and ensuring that they know that there's a place for them. You know, they can take a seat at this table mm. here. Mm. Okay, so... Um, I always ask my guests, what would you say are some of have been some of the highlights and lowlights of your journey? Hmm. I think my highlight definitely is just getting to live out my purpose every single day. 
nothing amounts to that, you know. I mean, I, I've been blessed to get all the recognition, the accolades, everything else. But for me to wake up every day and I'm just like so happy and I love my job. I say it every day. Anyone who knows me knows this. I love my job so much. It brings me so much joy, you know. It's it's even on days where it's challenging mm. and I'm, I, I, I'm dealing with a lot and I've got a lot of deadlines. I never take it for granted that I love my job. It's the one thing that gets me up. Even when days when clients aren't paying up on time or whatever and I've got to dig into savings, I still love my job. So for me, that's the highlight of my life is that even if something were to happen to me, touch wood, and I die tomorrow or something, I will always be grateful that I got to live out my purpose. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can look back on life and think, oh, I could have done this differently. No, you know, I'm living out what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I, I'm at peace. I go to bed and I'm at peace because I know that I'm doing something that I really love and I'm doing something I'm serving because leading is serving you know if you're not serving i don't know why you're here and so for me i get to serve every single day with my talents really because that's what i have you know you can have all the money in the world but one thing you have and that nobody can take away from you is your talents and that's the something that you should be using every single day exercising it and making it better with every single day Mm -hmm. right so I think that's really the highlight of my life, you know. I know maybe most people would have other things, but that's my highlight. Yeah. Yeah. And the low the lights? The low lights? Ooh. Um, you know, low lights are funny, but because once you look back, you're like, it wasn't so low. <laughs> yeah, but when you're going through it, <laughs> you're, you're like, like, oh, this mm. is so low. But I mean, um, you know, in the very early days of Mathematics, I wasn't making no money, you know. And... Um, I was really being supported by my uncle at some point in my life, you know. And it's really also, um, I guess now I don't think so because I'm, I've, I've grown. But as a 20-something-year-old, it's painful to watch your peers um, yeah. uh, accelerate and, and like progress and you just stagnate because business takes a long time to flourish and this is something i tell anyone who wants to go into business that eh, you look at somebody today and you're like oh i want to be like that that lady oh she's doing so well but it took so many years of hard work and sacrifice that everybody gets to always tell the happy story and nobody really tells those moments you know i've had moments where i've had no money in my account at all and my uncle was the one who was literally making sure that I had money to sort of kind of have a, a bit of a life and had petrol and whatever and, and whatever it was because he understood being an entrepreneur himself. He understood the passion and the fire that I had in me, right? Mm. And so for me, having to watch my peers uh, progress while I was lagging behind, and it was, it, I mean, there was moments where I, I was like, mm, should I go into full-time employment? Should I, am I tempted? But just something in me was just like, I'm just not going to cope in that box. It's not for me. Other people do well at it and they progress. And and that's good because we all have a different place to play on yes. earth, you know. Not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Not everybody can be uh, can can be in corporate and then climb up and be in the executive role, whatever it may be, right? It's it's for some of us have to go out and create jobs for other people, mm. but we need people like yourselves who are in corporate to come in and help grow the industries right that we're trying to build Mm. so i think that's really like that was the low light for me and just being in that moment where you just think why am i doing this sure why am i doing this and what what why why do i have to put myself through this really and people keep telling you you know how much money you could be making (laughs) if only you just went and yeah 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 Yeah, that must be difficult i can actually Yeah. yeah i know what you mean because I mean, I'm in my 20s mm. at the moment. And I mean, we see it all the time. So every now and then you see your friends are buying certain cars. You're still driving this one. Things like that. They yeah. do. But and imagine having to go through that till like for a good 10 years. Yo. Because I, but you know, I think what it taught me as well was resilience, um, financial uh, savviness. And just anyone who knows me knows I save like you cannot believe. Sure. It's the first thing I tell everyone. I always ask, are you saving? It's my, it's my thing because it taught me that because I had to create my own security blanket. I didn't have a pension fund. I had to create my own pension fund. You know, I, I, I didn't have a retirement fund. I had to create my own RA, right? So for me, it taught me saving and really having as le- less debt as possible. You know, and just investing. Mm. And so for me, it, it, it really just taught me resilience, grit, sticking to my... Because I really held back for good... Uh, uh, I mean, I probably only started accumulating um, wealth and um, sort of being able to 
And I say inverted commas, showing some form of success. And this is success in, you know, in the fickle way, in, in, like by, at 30. But before that, it was hardcore work. I drove the same car for, who knows, over 10 years. Mm. Same car. Same car I got like earlier onwards in my 20s that it was a gift. A gift from my family. Mm. And that was the same car I drove all the way. And for me, it was just like, when, when the time is right, I'll know when to, I'll know when to get a car. Yeah. It's not the right time. Yeah. I'm focusing on other things, right? And so it built that resilience in me, you know? They always say what doesn't kill you will only make you stronger. And, and I guess it's also just the message behind everything else that when you're in a situation, it's, it's, it's very easy to just get so consumed in it and think of the end of my world. But um, just always trying to find a lesson in bet- between everything else. And I know everyone preaches this all the time, but I'm like Miss Positivity on another level. I always see like a silver lining. I'm just like, but look at the positive side. And everyone's <laughs> like, what positive? I'm like, well, let's look at it this way. Because really, if, if I don't look at it that way, I'm going to go crazy. Hmm. So while we're, while we're talking about like you being younger, what do you, what do you wish you knew before you started on this journey? Like, is there anything that you wish you actually knew more of when you started? I think just to trust in myself more when I was younger, mm. trust in myself more, um, and just really never not being afraid to say what I like and what I don't like. And this is in all aspects, whether it be, it be my professional life, my personal life, you know, just to trust in my own decisions and listen to that little voice inside of me. It took a long time for me to start listening to that little voice inside of me. It was only through probably like going through life coaching and personal development that I started saying, you know, this voice actually is, is telling me the truth. This voice is actually worth listening to. But I, I would have never listened to it because I always thought, mm, you know, you kind of always have that nudge that says, Oh, stay away. But you're like, ah, what's that person going to think? You know, what, what's people going to think if I say, no, I can't do this podcast because it doesn't align to my values, you know? Uh, but because you just don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But now I, I listen to that voice so well. And for me, it's really, if that's something I could really, in my 20s, that I could have said, just listening more to my little voice inside of me, just telling me when something wasn't good for me to just say, peace, I'm out. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. And, and what are some of the failures? I don't know if you, I know a lot of people don't want to call failures failures, you know, cause you know, mm. you learn from it. What are the biggest lessons that you've learned as well? Mm. Being patient. Everything happens when it should at the right time. Mm. Being patient, you know. Um, I also went into the dream of, I remember the very first year I formalized the business, I had this big chart on my wall and I had like a thing that, a target of the amount of money I was going to make, it was millions and I was going to buy, um, <laughs> I think I was going to buy a BMW 6 Series convertible. Just, mind you, I don't even have one now, but it's not <laughs> even on my, it's, I'm not even not a fan really anymore, die, yeah. you know. So, but I had it then, I, I knew all the things I wanted, right? But I wasn't being realistic. I wasn't being realistic. I was really just, it, it was just, it was a dream, you know? And dreams are good, but realistic ones as well. So it, it, it's really just, I wasn't patient. Mm. And it's a lesson learned on my behalf that just being more patient, that everything will always happen at the right time. And when it does, it's effortless. You hardly have to put in any effort into it because it's God's timing, you know? The way things now for me when it comes to business just almost like fit together like a puzzle. I'm always I'm always in awe. I sit back and I'm like I'm in awe and I'm marvelled because I'm just like I didn't even have to do much and it just came together yeah. because it was God's timing and He knew I was ready, right? So definitely to be more patient with myself. Um, um, I think also another lesson learned for me is um, taking baby steps. I wanted to do a lot at once. <laughs> and, and in business, people don't understand that you've got to be clear. Be clear, focus on one thing, do it so well, that will propel you to the next. Mm. You know, I wanted to, you know, so many times and now running, just being involved with AWE and being able to just interact with a lot of entrepreneurs, male and female. So many people want to do so much because they want to be a one-stop shop. And I always say to them, focus on one thing. Do it so well that you're known for that. So that when somebody thinks of um, 
in my case, when somebody thinks of STEM education, CSI strategy, they think of me. You I mean, either mind. think of me, you know. So, but I want to get to I, at, at some point in the beginning. I really wanted to do it all. Yeah. And it was a lesson learned on my behalf. That not take it one step at a time. Take it one step at a time and it will work out. And I think also another lesson is also choose the people you do with business with very carefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big one. Hey? Choose the people you do business with very carefully. You know, uh, with regards to Dream Girls, I've, I've been so blessed that I've, I've really worked with the most, like our relationship is very rare. And people still ask us how we get to, how we have it right. And I don't know. I don't know. It just goes to show that it was really the hand of God. Yeah. You know, I don't know how we got it right and how we managed to be the best of friends and how we managed to still run an organization and still hang out and still do things together and still travel together and still be able to, you know, have mutual respect for each other and love each other and call each other down, etc. But, I mean, in other business entities and other business stuff I've done in business, I've also been burned because, you know, you kind of rush into something and you think, mm, shouldn't have done that. Mm. Yeah. Like you're dropping gems here, hey? No, it's it's the truth. It's yeah. the truth because we these are the things that people don't know, right? People yeah. think, you know, I meet up with you, we have a lot in common. I'm like, hey, let's go into business let's together. You know, because then you you know it's money, and money is something else. Money can make people. It can either either bring people together or pull them apart. Mm. So I would say separated when it comes to some things, right? But when you go into business, be very clear. It's about the values. Are you guys going for the same things? Um, do you guys are you do you guys have the same interests? You know, does family matter to you the more the same way it matters to me? Family is everything to me, which means that I when I am around when I'm in town or in the country on a Friday, I want to go fetch my niece from from nursery school she's three i want to spend friday afternoon with me mm. so if you are going to say we're going to work on friday it's not going to work with me it's not going to work with me you know it's one of those things that i know it's my value it's integrity mm. loyalty and so it's all of those things that yes i love money and i love making money but i also want to make it the right way yeah. so i will never go you know i don't want to go stab be, uh, somebody's back because i want to make a buck mm. Because at the end of the day, um, I'll still remain here. Money comes and goes. So I think just also uh, lessons learned is around relationships, the kind of people you get into business with, whether even through a partnership, the kind of people you also want to service as clients. Values are important. Mm. So many people, people, so many times people have personal values for personal lives, but a lot of people don't have values for like work. But you should also have, and there should, there should be some commonality. Mm. They're not two different things. So you, you can't have a value, uh, you can't have a personal value of integrity and loyalty, but when it comes to work, you're like, yeah, we can screw, <laughs> we can screw everyone over. As long as we're meeting the deadlines and we're meeting yeah. targets. Or do they work. say the ends will justify the means? No, <laughs> it doesn't work because you, it's still you, you know? Yeah. It's not like you put on another face. Mm. No, it's mm. still you. And so for me, it's just really around values, you know? Uh, working with people that have the same values that I have. Because then it's going to be easy. Because also when you work with people, they become part of another part of your life. They become like a little family, right? Imagine how much time you're spending with these people. Exactly. So you want to make sure that you work with people you like, yeah. at least. <laughs> and yeah. when you have a choice to do that, exercise it. Yeah. 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 Sure. This has been amazing. I have <laughs> like a lot, of, a lot more questions to ask, but I'm just being conscious of time here. Okay. And I, I may have touched on this a little bit. I get very eager about this question, but... The big question that I ask all of my guests, every single guest that comes onto the show. So for me, there's this quote that I live by that says, be who you needed when you were younger. Mm. So it's about when I, it's about the fact that when I was a younger girl, you know, I may have, there may have been a message that I would have wanted to hear. Mm. If there was someone older than me, I would have wanted to hear a certain thing or be or see a certain thing. Mm. So I always believe in being who you would have needed because if I would have needed it at that age, then there's someone out there who needs mm. it today. Mm. So I always ask my guests, if you could just go back in time, what would you say to younger Mabatu specifically? What would you say to her? I think like, um, it's possible. You know, you're great. It's possible you can do anything you want to do as mm. long as you put your mind to it. Um, and that leading is serving. And that's what I always say to everyone who's young, that mm. leading is serving, you know. So many times people think that serving is leading. And that if, or, or uh, rather that 
you have to be people have to serve you when you are leader oh right mm. so people usually think that i'm a leader you've got to serve me but no when you're a leader you're actually serving someone else and so for me that's been something that i learned in my in my late 20s and it's it's something i've i've taken through my entire life between be, knowing that everything is possible but also knowing that if you're not serving someone else then why are you here mm. and for the younger me i'd probably just say to her that you can be anything you want to be but nothing's impossible nothing really is impossible i look back on my life right now and i really look at my life all the time i'm still in awe at how my life has turned out how it's how it is right now you know and i think like i really get to do what i want from anywhere in the world doing whatever i feel mm. like doing right and it's, so it's possible and if you had told if anyone had told me this or if i told this to someone else someone would be like it's unrealistic you can't live that life there's still people who think that the life that i live in terms of just the flexibility i have and that's what i mean by the life that i live nothing else being nothing materialistic or anything like that but just in terms of like the flexibility i have enjoying my life having so much joy etc there's still a lot of people who think that it's impossible to live that life you know it's like no ways you got to choose one you know mm. you can't you can't travel the world and do work yes you can yes you can and and for me it's also just saying to her that you know i'm not a cookie i'm not like a cookie cat i'm very different and the soon like the sooner i owned that and i made peace with that i thrived in what i did because i realized that i'm different mm. i'm different i'm i'm you know I'm not meant to go into certain I'm not meant to go into corporate. I wasn't meant for other things, but I'm different. So that if if that's anything I could tell any 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 child right now is to say to them, you're different and it's okay. You're not cut from the same cookie cutter as somebody else. Embrace who you are and embrace the other person as well. Mm. You know, mm. because it takes so it it takes so much energy trying to be somebody else. Yeah. Whilst you could be using that energy to be yourself. You know, it takes so much energy, and I think every single person goes through this. When you're trying to figure yourself out, and you're trying to see, oh, I really like how Belu is. I like that hair. I like how she's rocking it, and she's slim. And I'm like, oh gosh, do you think I can rock that? Or mm. I like what she's doing. She's an oh, oh, business analyst. Oh wow, nice, nice. Seems nice, fancy title, nice corporation. Mm. I could be that. Maybe I could do that. Belu's Belu. She's thriving at it because she's being good at being Belu. She's doing her, you know, and that's something I could say is that everyone's different. Do you? I would say this to everyone: Do you? Like a horse, you know how they have those things inside of their yeah, yeah uh, their the, eyes, the, blind, the blinders, well, yeah. right? I'm that. Like I focus on what I gotta do, and that's <clears> it. I've got a goal for the year. I've got things that I need to do in the year, and I literally I get into it and I focus. I don't care who's doing what, what they're doing, where they are, with who, at what time. It has nothing to do with me. I'm doing me. And I'm more comfortable doing me, and I don't yeah. have to explain myself to anyone, but the Lord. Yeah. Oh my goodness, beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so how can our how can our listeners get in touch with you for some of the work that you're doing, and just follow you, get um, more inspiration, as if you as if you're not inspired enough from this. So I am on social media. I'm like I'm on uh, Twitter at Mabatumukiti. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I'm a bit more private there, but hey, that's me. Yeah. It's the one part that I just keep to myself. <laughs> um, but like um, uh, uh, Twitter, definitely our website, um, www.dreamgirlsacademy.com and then www.mathemaniacstat.co.za. And I think really even um, I do respond to like people saying, I responded to you. I know. On, I was so an excited. Inbox on, <laughs> and, DM. And like, on a DM. And yeah. almost like immediately, like yes. a few hours later, right? Or something yeah. like that. So I really do respond to people because I do realize that I, I, I'm I, that person. Like, I think like no one's too big for me. If I want to know you, I will also DM you. I mean, it's just like you're human yeah. just like me. You breathe the same air. I, I had to you get know? over that hard eh? Like, I was no. so nervous. I never tried to contact people for the podcast. No. It was so nerve-breaking for me. It was no, so be, because I think, you know, everyone's human at the end of the day, yeah. you know? it's And I think also that's, I guess, the negative side of, 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 of um, social media, that it's created a barrier where people kind of look like something else, you know? Mm. And so for other people, they seem almost un, um, unattainable, unattainable, unreachable, unreachable mm. you know? So it's like, oh, Pelo, she has this sheep thing. How nice. But it's... Mm-mm. You know, hey, she she knows other people that she's spoken to. Here I am, sitting at home. Who do I know? But it doesn't hurt you to just reach out to somebody. Yeah. What's the worst that could say no? 
And then what? And then what? You're still going to be alive. <laughs> and this That's is what's true. made me thrive in business. I always ask. I ask in business. I'm like, what's the worst I could say? No, we can't do business with you. At least I asked. Somebody else didn't. You lose nothing. You know, I lose nothing. Mm. And if they say yes, yay, I asked. I'm like, what opportunity do you have for me? And that's how, how I am. It's actually quite funny. One of my best friends, he's a guy. And, you know, we, we've been friends for a long time, like about 14 years. And we always, like, every time we, 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 we connect, we connect every month, every two weeks or so, we have, like, breakfast. And we always used to speak about more, like, me, like, the personal stuff, you know, like, personal our relationships, like, filling each other's cups and saying, oh, you can do this, you can do that. And then, you know, like, the other, and then, like, last year, I was like, you know what? We're friends, you in business, I'm in business, but you've never brought me into a deal. Why, why have you never brought me into a deal when you know I've got the expertise? Why have you never said, this is the deal, I've got something on the table, let's do it together? Because you know I've got the expertise. Yeah. You know I've got the networks. Yeah. So why aren't you not, why am I not at, at that table? Why are you discussing business with your guy friends and yet you want to discuss? Yes, I love us discussing our personal stuff because we are, you know, we mm. like really like brother and sister. But I also want us to do business together because I've got value to add. You've also got value to add. And it changed our entire conversation because after that, you know, he said to me, he was like, Actually, yes, you do have uh, you 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 have a lot of value to add. But and he was like, I can't believe you just said to that, that to me. I'm like, yes, because just because I'm a woman, you think we can discuss all the other <laughs> fluffy stuff, and you can't bring a business deal to the table. Why can't you? I know people too. I can bring money too. I can bring networks too. So bring me in. Let's and then he was telling me about a deal that he was doing with another. I was like, I want in on that, and I want you guys to bring me on, and I'll show you value of why you should be bringing a woman onto this. And here I am. I was like, I need a seat at that table. Yeah. And it, that's what it is really just, about. Mm, yeah. Just put it out there. Just ask. It mm. is. Because what do you have to lose? Nothing. They might love and be like, but you really? <laughs> Did you know what she just said? But the fact that I asked you and I had the guts to ask you is something else, right? Yeah. Now yeah. you know. That, that I'm capable. So now yeah. you know that now if ever, anything ever came up next time, you're like, geez, I should actually kind of consider about you. She... She did say last time, mm, and mm. he did. Mm. Yep. I feel like I want you to be my big sister, and I just want to listen to you. Hey. <laughs> I'm everyone's big sister. Did you want to move in with me? Hey, do you have an extra room? <laughs> I can bank in here. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you so much for this conversation. This thank you for amazing. having me. It's been amazing it's just been amazing to just also connect with you i must tell you like good on you like i'm so proud of you and big up on uh, to you big up to you for just taking this time to do something like this for a lot mm. of people they want to they want to have podcasts they they want to mm. a lot of people want to want <laughs> to do a lot of things right and i'm sure you've met people say you have a podcast hey i also want to have a podcast like, how did you do it like do it you don't need fancy equipment if no, you have you a don't. phone and you can record my first episode was recorded right off of my phone i was just sitting right? and i was like i'm speaking exactly the phone. that yeah. right so i think for me it's like big up on you for doing it that you didn't make your full-time job an excuse you don't make the fact that you don't have a, a fancy studio you didn't make it was something that you had to advocate for because you wanted to open up more doors and you wanted more women to know that women like them exist mm. women with, like them who have the same struggles exist women who look like them who grew up in the same circumstances as them and look where they are today and for me it really this is something because there are a lot of uh, girls your age who who really could be they are doing other things today they are out doing other things. They're not taking out time to soar back into the community, right? Mm. They're out having fun. And it's like, what, the 3rd of Feb? End of the <laughs> month? Hello. You know? So f good on you for... Uh, you are serving, and this is your way of serving. Thank you. This is your way of serving. You are being a servant, and this is your way of serving. So thank you for having me. It's been an absolute joy and an absolute honor to be thank here. You, so you know, much. this that is going to go into my gratitude journal for this evening. Yay. One of the things that I really <laughs> am grateful for is just an opportunity to be able to just lend my voice and to learn from you as well. Because I've learned from you uh, and just, you know, interacting the past week, just your bravery, your courage at doing this and your drive. So from me to you, wow, really proud. That really means a lot coming yeah. from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, we love to engage with all of you, so feel free to pop us an email if you have any feedback or guest recommendations on info at shebrigade.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so don't forget to tag us on your posts at SheBrigade. See you next week.